Our scripture text this morning comes to us from John chapter 18, beginning at verse 15, continuing to follow the events of Jesus' arrest. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the woman who guarded the gate and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I've spoken openly to the world. I've always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I've said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, if I've spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I've spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now, Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. And they asked him, you're not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. The word of the Lord. Holy God, give us the courage to hear not only the story about Peter, but what the Spirit has to say to us about our own lives as well. We ask it in the Savior's name. Amen. Have you ever tried to save Jesus from making a mistake? Maybe... Maybe there was somebody that you loved who was really sick. And it looked like they were going to die too soon. And when you love a person, it's always too soon. So you prayed about this. You got your friends to pray. The person still died. Or maybe you're having just a difficult time here at school. Or you have children who are making a bad choice. Or you've been sick so long, you just don't think you're ever going to feel better again. Or maybe you're just plain tired of the loneliness that waits for you every night. Jesus could have done something about that. He should have maybe done something about that. But he hasn't. Or maybe you're absolutely committed to working on a justice issue in our society. 
Maybe you feel called to work on homelessness or other forms of poverty or violence or racism or mass incarceration. You've thrown yourself into this. You really believe it. You feel called to this. But it doesn't look like we're making much progress. And you wonder sometimes if Jesus is as committed to his kingdom as you are. Like us, Peter was committed. He believed in Jesus. He was devoted. When Jesus called him, he was so committed, he dropped his nets at a moment and just started following him. When Jesus started getting all pessimistic and talking about the cross, Peter was the one who took him aside and said, we're not going to let that happen to you. God forbid. And when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter was the one who went charging into the crowd with his sword flailing about him. Peter was committed. He knew who Jesus was. By his own lips, he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He knew what Jesus could do, and he was banking everything on what Jesus could do. He, He put his life behind it. Then Jesus headed for the cross. Seemed like a mistake to Peter. Maybe it does to us also. We are committed, like Peter was. We will do the most heroic things. If Jesus won't be the hero, we'll be the hero for him. We'll knock ourselves out. We'll charge into the crowd, whatever it takes. But then what are you going to do on the day that Jesus makes it clear he's headed to the cross? What does that say about your dreams and your expectations? Sometimes the authors of Scripture say as much by how they edit a passage as they do with the words they use. Look at how incredibly well-written, this, how dramatic John's writing is of this. In verses 15 to 18 of this text, we find Peter outside warming himself by the fire with the, the very people who took Jesus captive. Someone asked him, aren't you one of his disciples? And he denies it. Then in verses 19 to 24, the scene moves immediately into the high priest's house. Where Jesus is asked about his teaching. He says, well, my teaching's public. Ask those who've heard me. They'll tell you what I've been saying. Notice Jesus is banking his defense on his disciples. Then the scene moves immediately back out to the courtyard where Peter denies Jesus a second and a third time. Inside, Jesus is saying, my disciples will testify for me. Outside, the most courageous of those disciples is denying even being a disciple. Why? I don't think it's because Peter was afraid. That's just not Peter's style. I mean, again, he's the one who picked up the sword and went charging into the crowd. Peter's not a coward. I think Peter's telling the truth. He's not a disciple. 
To be a disciple means to follow Jesus. Once Peter has seen where Jesus is headed, he's not a disciple. He's not following. Instead, he stays out with the very people who captured Jesus because that's where he belongs. Long time ago, Peter tried to capture Jesus with his expectations, just as we do. And now that the cross is in sight, no, he's he's not a disciple. We've always thought of this as Peter's great denial, but I, I think it's Peter finally telling the truth. Lent is a long, long season. It's not our most festive one. But the thing that makes it long is not the 40 days, it's this question. The relentlessness of the question that just keeps coming back to us. Are you a disciple? Are you? Are you a follower? Are you going to follow a Savior who's headed to a cross? Are you still going to be a follower? Do you still want to say that you love Jesus if he has no instrumental benefit in your life? Are you now still a disciple? Will you love Jesus if it's just Jesus plus nothing? Will you still follow him? Are you still a disciple? Are you? If you get to the bottom of your soul like Peter did, and find that you have to say, no, I, I, I'm, I'm really not. Then you understand why Jesus had to go to the cross. He went for Peter, for you, for me. There would come a time later, as you know, that John tells us Peter got to answer three other questions. Posed by a risen Savior, who just kept asking him, do you love me, Peter? Do you? Do you love me? Do you love this wild, unpredictable Savior who is dying to love you? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.